This is Mediation Station, and this is your host, Greg Fenton. Each week we explore topics and ideas related to the experience of people with conflict and look to promote the profession of conflict resolvers. We are available to connect with at greggf at primus.ca and 647-227-4734. Visit us at our Facebook page to like us and Facebook group page to become a member. Also visit YouTube channels for both CHHA 1610AM and Greg Fenton. Listen to podcasts of each radio show by visiting SoundCloud.com or iTunes podcasts under Mediation Station in Arts. We have a Twitter account and it is at Fenton Mediation, so make sure to follow us. Our topic tonight is called Pushing the Boundaries for Real Change, Diversity of Practice with our visitor, Tricia Gazarek. How are you doing? I'm great. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you awesome, fully. Awesome. I wasn't sure if the, the mic was set up. No, I got the mic on for you. You know, I don't want to have a conversation with myself because that's not much fun. No, no. And besides, we all do that already. We have yeah. conversations with ourselves every day. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> I try not to do that on the radio, though. No. Because <laughs> people are going to know the truth about me. So, so let's yeah. carry on. So I'm putting on a, a, a persona on the radio so that people think I'm a certain way. And then when I get off air, then I can resort to talking in my own world, oh. my own way. <laughs> well, I, uh, I have no intention of personifying anything but myself today. So. Absolutely. I, I want you to be true to yourself and who you are. Fantastic. Especially how you identify. And that's really core to our conversation today. Isn't it? Yes. Absolutely. As we had a conversation somewhat before the show, which would have been a great show to have as part of the... A double feature. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can bounce uh, Mario, who shows afterwards. Maybe. And he, you know, he'll say, music is eternal and it goes on forever. Let's have conversation as well. <laughs> so you've been on before. Yes, thank you. How about you share a bit of information about your professional background again? Sure. Uh, so my name is Trisha Gazarek, and I am a organizational mediator, workplace mediator to be short. And I have been working at this practice now for eight years, since 2010. Uh, it's definitely a, a good journey and uh, a fruitful journey in, in the sense of the experience as a mediator in that capacity to focus on organizational disputes mm-hmm. it is a an under um, it's not as ripe as family mediation practices in Ontario um, the the way to navigate through to organizational disputes it's not as transparent um, so many people don't gravitate to that style of practice uh, at the forefront. I had been working with uh, lawyers as a law clerk uh, for about 10 years before transitioning to a mediator. So I, I had a, a wonderful taste of experience in a number of practice areas in law, and one in particular family law, that mm-hmm. gave me sufficient enough knowledge that that wasn't the practice area for me to work in as a mediator. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I do know that it is the most demanding practice area, that family mediation piece. There are so many um, emotional components to uh, that work. It is tremendous um, skill, and I I really do commend the family mediators out there that um, they do powerful work 
absolutely powerful work to help families uh, transition to a new style of what their family looks like right. um, after the decision to separate. So, um, mm -hmm. myself, I, I see being completely uh, happy uh, with the organizational dispute space. Um, I, one, uh, the biggest part for myself is not having that um, emotional piece follow me home. Uh, that was my challenge with the family mediation. A family uh, law practice was uh, taking that uh, emotional component of, of the client's uh, matter home and stewing about that mm -hmm. um, and their, their reality and their, their circumstances, um, ending with sleepless nights and uh, not restful mornings, trying to f help them navigate um, the confusion they felt uh, as they were going through their yeah. um, separation and divorce. And I thought, I, I do like my sleep, actually. I think I function much better. It's helpful. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, so I said, okay, uh, I... Uh, I'd like to see where I can support um, places of business and the people that uh, they that operate in them to find um, solutions where they can function better and uh, identify ways to thrive uh, within the relationships they have at work because there are relationships at work. Um, yeah, all kinds. And right? because we spend so much time at work, uh, they are very important relationships in our lives equally as our um, intimate relationships may be. So, uh, but in that capacity, people do do uh, say that they're in some, they can leave the day and head home and um, that's that sense of closure as to how I support um, yourself a, a workplace and and that that coping space that mm -hmm. every you know conflict person has to have um, to separate themselves from the continuous uh, engagement in conflict it, that I afford that space for myself in in workplace organizational disputes well you know uh, as a mediator and as a human being some of us are more affected by our environment and the work we do mm. And so, yeah, as you mentioned with family stuff, it can be the most intense because that's generally might be the most intimate form of relationship. And when it transitions from being, quote, a couple to separates and individuals, there usually is a lot of unresolved conflict of that relationship that has to now deal with substantive issues, i.e., custody, access, child support, right. whereas you don't have necessarily those specific issues in a workplace organizational setting. So I would still say that you're a human being and you can be affected in somewhat by the work you do with trying to assist and support people in that environment. And you know, you find your own way to navigate through that process to say, okay, whatever I do here, I'm going to compartmentalize in some way so that when I leave and shut the door at the office, I can go home and have a healthy life. And, you know, and, and you know, as, as you're speaking, I, I thought about some things that are actual juxtaposition of the family scenario versus an organizational scenario. So custody and ac access, you can say that's human rights issue in the workplace and though that's deeply emotional that's deeply connected to the individual or groups of individuals in the workplace um, so that Me Too movement translating into sexual harassment issues uh, discrimination issues that are 
really um, coming to the forefront of um, managing organizational issues, it's it, it's no it's no different in, in terms of the the emotional weight that's carried, um, and that's where, you, as conflict practitioners, we need to accord strong levels of respect for how challenging the individual sees the circumstance, um, and to try to navigate them from the pain to the possible, mm -hmm. um, and that's where that from the pain to the possible uh, may occur with diversity and diversity practices. Right, and also a lot of the stuff that happens, quote, at the workplace, people have carried from their other relationships into the workplace. Right. And so there may be an underlying current of, quote, family law issues or family relationship issues that are affecting people at the workplace and then cause conflict there. So things don't live totally in isolation. No. We carry with us. <laughs> those relationships and the effects of them into our other spaces. Yes, we do. In terms of how do you see yourself in relation to the work you do, especially as a mediator? So I mentioned that I have focused on organizational disputes and my uh, experience uh, before I'm becoming a mediator, working in different offices, different workplace environments, has been a, a source of influence as to how I can be a voice supporting organizations in their transformation process. So the organization that I work with has to recognize that there is that um, sufficient impetus to transform, to create change, to have that discussion with people who are experiencing the negative uh, realities of lack of diversity, inclusion, stereotypes, we, mm -hmm. there's a lot of verbs we can um, right. put into the conversation to describe the experience of someone who feels that they are disadvantaged in the workplace. Um, and by my own experience in the past, I'm able to connect with these individuals in a, in a way that respects, as I said, respects and um, allows them to, to speak about the issues that are cons concerning them in a genuine and honest way. Mm -hmm. I am a woman mm -hmm. and I am a woman of color. So there are n like physical attributes of, of, of myself mm -hmm. that I cannot change that allows the person who feels that they are other to connect with me easier. Mm -hmm. Like the ability for them to see, yes, she is someone other than, she is a minority as well, allows for a level of, of genuine conversation to occur, allows for a breakthrough to occur at an easier pace in conversation with some folks because there isn't a level of explaining that needs to occur that to say, do you know what it means to be a minority? Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do you, on the flip side of that earlier question, how do you think others see you in relation to the work you do as a mediator? How are you perceived or how are you treated or whatever from your point of view? At the outcome, 
people are genuinely happy that I was involved. They are genuinely grateful that I've been part of a process to, to actualize that conversation that was really difficult to help them navigate the language of conflict where again they feel uh, ostracized or they feel that their voice isn't there um, allowing my otherness to connect with their otherness mm -hmm. to support the conversation as to what groups of individuals in an organization are capable of the good that they're capable of the possibility of the transformation right there in front of them so if people <coughs> who may not feel a part of who feel marginalized right within a setting an environment that doesn't necessarily provide the space for them to be truly who they are I think the individuals um, may not see this, the resources. They may not connect with the resources that the organization provides. Mm -hmm. um, so I can be part of that conversation to help link those resources. Right. Yeah. Um, or be part of the conversation with organizational leaders to say these are the resources people are actually people asking for. Yeah. Not the ones that you think you're providing. Right. There's a disconnect sometimes when yes. people think and what could actually do right. the job. So what's meant by the word diversity? That's core for our conversation tonight. So from your point of view. I think the word diversity is it's a term to, to connect or identify otherness. There is each individual's perceived norms, their, their own worldviews, and the application of diversity upon their worldview is that ability to connect with otherness. So, and I don't want, I, I choose otherness because I don't want to say different. There's that, I feel like there's a, um, a, a negative connotation with different, where otherness um, does not have that same weight. So, uh, part of our uh, discussion before the show was mm -hmm. talking about, um, you know, the different worldviews that some may have, um, whether that's an Asian individual, um, whether that's a European individual, and myself as a Caribbean individual, mm -hmm. how our own constructs, yeah. the term you use, defines this worldview that we're, where we have embedded ourselves in, not necessarily that um, we have to stay in, but we have embedded ourselves in. Or that have been embedded upon us. Upon us, yes. That's, that is also possible. And it is the application of, of and exploring the concept of what otherness is. That is the, the, the nature of diversity. Okay. It is the, the activity of diversity. Okay. Which can include many things. Yes including the color of one's skin, the religion one practices, the professional world that we navigate, our lived experiences, our attitudes, 
sexual orientation, all the things that we as individuals may identify with as unique for us, though it's not unique. There's other people who are part of that too, mindset, yes. or thinking, or group, or groupings. So how does diversity contribute to the practice of mediation? I can't speak for everyone, but I can speak for myself. The Absolutely. Diversity you are here as an individual. Yes, yes. The diversity piece has been um, a profound exercise on practice, um, simply because I know as a minority, as a female, um, there are that, that it's that double layer that I'm already living um, to, trans to, to embody that into the experience of speaking through conflict, speaking yeah. in conflict with, with individuals experiencing conflict. My engagement with others in society, so now these are others that are different, carrying different characteristics of diversity. So someone of a, of a, a non-heterosexual um, sex orientation mm -hmm. or preference, uh, someone who is another minority so in another category of minority, because we categorize minorities. Um, so this, you know, an South Asian or Asian or African or European or Middle Eastern minority. Mm -hmm. My engagement with people of other diverse constructs has enriched my language because it is a sensitivity to how we're communicating where people f identify that I am being treated different. Yeah. I am being, I, I am accorded a difference that is not accorded with a sense of, of equality or equity. And so it is that communicating to an effect where I recognize that difference where by my work as right. a mediator yeah. I have I have to speak through a lens of I recognize this otherness this diversity that you you want to be identified yeah and using that recognition of their 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 call to be recognized for that diversity and the richness that it affords yeah as as a vehicle to expand upon the language of a sense of community in the workplace and, and the definition of connected individuals in organizations. Yeah, I mean, I, I see, well, I mean, I look through the, uh, at the world through my lens, and which is based on my lived experiences as a person. And those have formed my values and my beliefs and my practices and whatever that is. And so fundamental for me is this, the richness of difference actually. Likewise. So there are individuals, of course, who see difference as a barrier, traditionally, especially as relates to conflict. So what's different about you that separates us and keeps us apart and are the barriers for how, how we don't connect or we don't understand each other? Whereas a mindset that I like to promote is that difference is a richness to enrich and our lives and be used as a mechanism to bridge us with our differences. 
It is, it is, and, and that right there is the transformative power of the exercise of diversity to transform individuals from seeing difference to seeing fullness to seeing opportunity right. as well richness so how are you affected by the way you identify in the practice of mediation itself the way that i'm affected i uh i used the you know before the show i used the word uh, painful to describe the experience of trying to expand um the practice of mediation um, so the other folks that practice mediation yeah. or uh, intersect with the practice of mediation in Ontario um, and really the it's it is the, the difficulty with which um, it is to um, transform the expectations as to who the mediator is in that process which is that pain and it is not it it's it's that that challenge with um, a, a mindset as to what what the embodiment of embodiment of a mediator is or what it's expected to be right and so I as I said earlier, I, I, there are things and aspects about myself that I cannot change. My physical attributes I cannot change. Mm -hmm. So, where I know that, um, no, knowing, knowingly or unknowingly, experience challenge in in the the advocacy for diversity in practice. That's where I know I'm hitting a point of complacency and resistance, maybe. Right. So where, where I knowingly or unknowingly um, do not see that the, there's a willingness to explore my, that my perception of what diversity means in, in, pr in the practice of mediation, mm -hmm. um, that's where I know that there is a pain point as to how do I, I, how do I meet that uh, mindset and, and support a broadening as to what's possible for their expectations of the mediator in the room. So uh, a sense that there can be an, a consideration from the other side or the other person or the other people to create the space for some openness to at least explore whatever it could be in some form. Right. Because I, I would believe you would think similar as I that change doesn't happen easy for most people. Right. People struggle with change. They get used to whatever it is, their worldview, and they carry that with them in all their different spaces and relationships. And then when they encounter something that's different from what they expected, there's somewhat of a pushback in some form, resistance, maybe a threat. They feel defensive and then they push back and whatever, or they revert to somewhere else or abscond somewhere, so. I, I, I think some of the, the reality is, um, is really rested in the complacency. I am comfortable with X. Mm -hmm. And so there, there's a fear to see what otherness would, would afford. Could entail, what could, 
you know, the opportunities that it could be so right. enriching. And biology has said diversity has been the best thing history has afforded us. The diversity of, hu of all species is, is better than the sameness of any species. So this is the, the ripeness of, of, of the pain yeah. point in the practice of mediation where we really need to explore and, and encourage these, these conversations to say, so how do we actually get more women on panels? How do we, how do we look at our selection process where we are looking at a variety of criteria that does not take away from the opportunity of someone who is equally skilled as the, 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 the those who have been <laughs> traditionally of that, you know, it's traditionally of the expectation as to who the media yeah, is. who fits that role that uh, that identity, and so I, I just know myself that the world doesn't reflect me only. I don't live in the mindset that you know I'm a white white light skinned person. Mm -hmm. So you know I'm just about celebrating difference. I don't want a bunch of me only. I want others. That's good to hear. And so, you know, when I used to work up at Jane and Finch in the community, Jane and Finch is one of the most diverse in Canada. Right. And uh, represents at least 100 different ethnicities, cultures that speak over 120 dialects. And it was such a, you know, for me it was a passion to go to that place where I was, the work. I didn't see it as work, because work for me is like, you have to do it, you need to do it, and so passion is, you want to do it, and so there's, I, I, you don't need to get motivated, because it just happens. Right. So one of the core foundations or principles for the program that I managed was about diversity and inclusivity, and we had over 40 different languages that were, were representative of the pool of mediators, They're always trying to reach out to more and that's one of the through a program or a project we had there that's how initially got connected here to CHHA and 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 that's wonderful to 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 highlight the the real challenge and this is uh, I found in a number of articles uh, populated this year by folks around the world the real challenge about diversity in the practice of mediation or arbitration it's at that commercial dispute level. It's in the, the business disputes where there is tremendous lack of diversity. So international disputes and um, international community disputes, community disputes, family disputes, the, the diversity is, is really clear where it's lacking mm -hmm. and, and needs profound transformation is in the private business commercial disputes yeah and so this is obviously something that's core to who you are and how you identify what you truly b believe would be of greater benefit for society and also the profession especially in that area of practice how would you see affecting to influence for change in that kind of 
really traditional kind of formal setting. I don't I don't know if there's any one clear answer, uh, but there is. I I I, I drafted up um, a commentary earlier this year, and to get to the point of that that the answer here is, we have other industries looking at how they in, introduce diversity in their processes. And supply chain has been very good at looking, and this is supply chain across many industries, at how they increase diversity of suppliers. And there's actually really good um, manuals that Canada has produced or government has produced, um, leading organizations, so folks like Coca-Cola, um, they have really good processes as to how they step out into the community, first of all, because they have to, to make the effort to step out into the community and say, we are now going to work with you from where you are and pull you into our system. So there's, there's the engagement that the organization has to do to step out and say, we're going to connect with you. So whoever the, the decision makers are for um, you know, commercial disputes, panels and rosters and all that, need to connect with more diverse folks. Well, a fundamental... That, and that, that, that's the first step. Yeah. Because what they recognized by this um, supply chain conversation was that they were actually receiving better feedback as to how they can improve their business on a whole because you have these small suppliers, su suppliers from various different cultural representation that fed into this large organization and gave nuggets of gold as to how things can improve, how, how their business can actually translate back into being a better operation in that community that is serving for others. Mm -hmm. So that's where I see the opportunity for transforming um, the practice of mediation in some of the more exclusive areas where diversity isn't reflected. The conversations need to happen um, through the, the individuals who are calling on the service and who are also um, administering the service to say, mm -hmm. who, who do we need to connect with so that we are creating a fair process where the people who are now re reviewing how we are managing their disputes because a large organization will always have the public eye on them as to how they manage their disputes we and you see that through all the folks that were dragged through the me too movement everyone's eye was on that organization as to how they were managing the individual that was called out and the process they they went through to address the issue that is some of the realities that could be um, explored and put into to practice as to how you want to transform the perception of diversity in some of these exclusive areas. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I understand. I'm being bold. <laughs> it, it's, it's visionary talk. <laughs> well, how else are we going to get change unless we... Yeah, it starts with talk, or it starts with an idea in the head, right. then takes it to the conscious level, and then you start to express it, communicate it, 
then you have to try to apply it. Then you have to try to agitate. And, you know, you're going to you face resistance to change. Yes. And for whatever reason, people just get comfortable in some way of coping with their type of thing. And we're okay with that. And you do your thing your way. And we'll do our thing our way. The challenge with, you know, you do your thing your way and we do our thing our way, you end up having um, harm done in some areas where the, the individuals who need the service aren't receiving the best example of that service because there isn't that genuine collaboration to, to create that energy of here is a diverse representation with the best service provided. So you have a lot of misinformation, improper design of process, you know, gross outcomes that really harm others. Right. Individuals who don't get that opportunity. Right. That seems to be afforded certain other individuals in the absence of others. Mm -hmm. And so people get marginalized because of how they are or perceived to be on the surface without knowing how they really are within as human beings. I think it's, it's, it's that layer of, of, of cultural context. Well, who's uh, um, the person who perceives it or the person who is perceived? The person in conflict, their, cult their cultural context, their worldview. I think that's the most important one because I s we both step out of that conflict and carry on with our lives, but the outcome is that person that person has to live with. So, is the conversation that I'm working with for that that individual group of individual is it rested in their con cultural context context or worldview, where that conversation and the outcome of that conversation can sustain that cultural worldview or even transcend it in some way that goes beyond the individual of how you identify and sees you as a human being ultimately. I think we're having a rich conversation. I really applaud Trisha to put herself out there, though I don't know why she needs to, but that's the reality of the world. <laughs> and so I want to ask you, why would anyone who is of a different identity care about our conversation and the matter of whether there is diversity of practice for the conversation we're having it does not matter to the individual until they have a conflict until they're faced with a dispute and their ability to communicate in a way that honors who they are really is, is supported by someone's capacity to, to work with the, the tools, with the, with the energy that diversity embodies. And so it may not be a, a, an immediate conversation that they'll gravitate to, but it's an eventual one because I, I, I don't think anybody goes through this life without some form of conflict or various types of conflict. So it is until that opportunity comes, or not opportunity, but the reality of conflict comes, and they have to communicate with someone who does not identify with 
their their embodiment of themselves how mm -hmm. do they how are they supported rather how how are they supported in the conflict in in a manner which equals the communication style equals the understanding of each other's worldview in a way that allows for the con the conversation to really get to a place of true understanding I need to understand my partner in order for me to work with my partner mm -hmm. but if I do not understand that there are these layers of, of self-identification cultural context worldview mm -hmm. there's a genuineness about resolving the conflict that is lost and, and it's not completely lost but it wasn't touched upon at that opportunity yeah so basically what you see is not always what is so symbolism of an iceberg represents a person or a situation if we take what's on the surface the superficial mm -hmm. and take as that as being the true the total reality there's so much more we're missing if we go below the water line right because that's where most of person is us individuals it's not apparent it's below right. and that's where the why is so what you see on the surface is you need to learn go probe and pull out that information that we learn as mediators yes to ask those questions so I see this why okay why is below ask what open-ended questions to get people to fill in their information of what that means right so and there's a sensitivity that you need to, to apply to asking that why yes. when that person s identifies themselves as other, when that person is calling for the need of diversity in the application of addressing the conflict. Absolutely. One has to be self-aware. Right. I think that's fundamental as a mediator, let alone a, a human being, that the world doesn't live only through our own, our own practice and our own view. If we're going to speak with or try to connect with this person, we need to somewhat accommodate and ad identify and adapt how we would try to connect so they can connect with us simultaneously. And then when you have somebody else who's, quote, different, we have to adapt our, our form of trying to connect with that person, too. Mm -hmm. I think it's a continuum. It's a constant. So, you know, why would you... Okay. What are you trying to do to push the boundaries? I want to do that first, to create for real change of the practice of mediation. There's some kind of initiative or effort that you've, you're trying to formulate. Yes. So earlier this year, uh, I, I reached out to a number of conflict practitioners. And I say conflict practitioners because not all of them are mediators. They have different titles. Mm -hmm. um, they operate um, under different principles, but they work in the area of addressing concerns and uh, these are women and they're women of color and uh, they are actually across North America and uh, it's I I've stylized it the term uh, black female mediators network in the same fashion as I've seen groups of black female lawyers and black female accountants mm -hmm. and the the initiatives of the black female accountants and black female lawyers I saw that as a powerful tool to bring together women who are of otherness, understand the reality of addressing and supporting 
issues of, that are in conflict and how we can support each other. So the opportunity to bring these women together, bring myself into conversation with these women, I, I see as a powerful opportunity to, to support and enlarge this, this issue of mm -hmm. how do we drive up representation of diverse ADR professionals. Mm -hmm. It's not that there aren't diverse ADR professionals, but it's the representation. So right. how do we get a better representation of folks right. who are diverse on various panels, rosters, etc. So, you know, with regard to this, why put yourself in this kind of place? What does this really mean to you inside, in some way? One of the, f you know, we talk about what we learn as, as we uh, start out, what, what media mediation is, what it means to be a mediator, and one of the first things that I learned was just how isolating the practice can be. And so you go on this journey to build a practice, to understand who the other folks are in practice. And if you are an individual who is physically, culturally representing an underserved prof professional mm -hmm. in, in, in a practice, you, there is that, that urge to say, well, what are the others like myself doing? How are they navigating this sense of otherness? And how profound is it for them? What is the weight of being different for them in their office, in their workplace, mm -hmm. in their practice of, of mediation, arbitration? What would they like to see happen in their community to help transform the language of diversity and how they would like to transform representation of ADR professionals. Because it's not to say that it's to say, oh, you black women, let's all, you know, put on a, a Joan of Arc parade. Um, it's to create a connectedness that gets lost sometimes in the, the busyness of the work. How can people reach out to you through that or about that? I the email address I'm going to pull that up right now. <laughs> that is bfmn.general at gmail.com. Okay, and they can communicate with you about whatever related to whatever, and you'll have a conversation about whatever. <laughs> That's a lot of whatevers. <laughs> because I'm I'm not putting myself in your shoes. I can't. There's no way. Right. I'm not you. That's correct. You are you. I'm, I am looking forward to the conversations that people want to have about diversity and representation in mediation practice. And that's not, um, not to say that it's exclusive. It is to say, let's explore this conversation. It's geared to women of color. However, I am not letting it be stuck to an isolated conversation. Um, I, I have uh, connected the group with uh, the folks at JAMS in the States mm -hmm. to say, hi, this is, this is something that's happening, um, and we'd love to see where, where we can move on, with, move forward with this. Yeah, you've got to provoke <laughs> in a nice way. Yes. Yet at some time, there has to be some, okay, niceness 
I don't know. It has its place, and it, I don't know. It's a, Direct I'll, is so clear compared yeah, to nice. Yeah, there's a way to frame it, just to give a message, a difficult message that doesn't come across in an offensive or disrespectful way. Yes. So we got to close out. I want to thank you very much for sharing with us. Greg, thank you for having me here again. Thank you. Okay. I look forward to being here again. Me too. You're listening to Mediation Station on CHHA, 1610 AM.